Jennifer! Hi, Richard! How are you? I am doing fabulous. Are you? You look fabulous. Thank you. That's what a shower does for you. <laughs> I do get comments on the Martini Zone webpage saying, Jennifer is, like, beautiful. She looks great. And then they go, well, you look fine. But she is, like, gorgeous. <laughs> Which is, uh, who cares? Come on. Who cares? Who cares? We're just I... balls of light. Yes, we are. I did have something that I wanted to talk to you about. Hmm. And this is something that's happened once before to me, and, but not like in the way that it happened last night. So I had a dream mm. and my dad was there, but I didn't, you know, throughout the dream he was there. Wasn't really, I was happy he was there, but just felt normal. And then we were in this building and there was a lot of other people there. And I looked at my dad and my dad's like, come here. And so I went over to him and we started dancing and I could feel his, his neck. I'm gonna start crying again. I could feel his neck, the hairs on his arms. And I'm like, dad, well, dad. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I was so excited. And all of a sudden it hit me because I do this in my dreams. I, I stop myself. I'm like, okay, this isn't real and I'll get out. I started wailing falling and like don't go don't go don't go dad i'm like come back with me come back with me and i cried so loud that my son woke up my <laughs> husband woke up yeah i think it was on the news there was manhattan beach a sound of it was it was so real like and i know that was a visitation i've had that once before before my subconscious came in but I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop. I couldn't. And they're just like, what happened? What happened? You know, I've never woken up from a dream. The neighbors. Like, had that happen. Well, can we ask your dad a couple of questions? Sure. That's, okay. I was hoping for that. It was one of those things that I just, like, I was telling, you know, and then of course, Jack's like, are you, you know, they're both freaking out, Freddie and Jack. And I'm like, no, it was a good dream. My dad was in it. I was just so sad. Like I realized it and I felt like once I realized that it was a dream mm -hmm. and that he wasn't here on earth. And when I started crying and when I started realizing it, that's when he started going away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to stay in that. I didn't know how to stay in that moment with him. And let him watch you cry for a while. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. We've had so many wonderful conversations with your father, Jim, that I don't, you know, I think it's okay to tease you about talking to your dad. I know it's not, but this is how I keep us in the zone. So let's ask Jim some questions, shall we? Yes. So Jim, hi, how are you? <laughs> Hello. Oh, that was another thing you just reminded me. So last night, um, last night he was, he would, I asked our class to help because I had an event last night where it was basically a COVID family at the health and wellness place. And it was a pretty big group. It was a pretty big family. And they took up, you know, they took up the whole place pretty much. And it was the most spectacular wine and spirits event. I think I've probably, one of the best ones I've ever had. And I felt my dad on my way there. He was so present on the way there. And I just was reminded that of last, of la even last night. And I remember thanking everybody from the classroom 
saying thank you for thank you so much for being there like it was i'm with such gratitude and humility of like it was just so amazing i just know there was a lot of healing and it was great that there was a big group to what because that's what i love about groups is because everybody gets to witness things that even they don't understand even a cat came through which was awesome <laughs> well jim this is the question i was going to ask you and it is about process because we talk about that a lot in our group setting here so let me ask you first why was jennifer able to dial you in or better than she has in the past and i'm talking about specifically the hairs on your arm because of course we're not talking about hairs we're talking about a mental image of hairs and you sharing that with her and sharing with her the feeling of your neck what that feels like to have your hand on when people often connect with their loved ones it's ephemeral and it's hard to get a handle on but for some reason and this is what i want to ask jim why was it stronger or more clear this time he said she knew i was not a figment of her imagination and she remembered when i used to dance with her you're gonna make us all cry jim i know so all right, but let's get some specifics. What's the song? What song did you put in her mind? I think, I can't even remember what song it was, but he's showing me like a country western. My dad loved country western music. Oh, well, let's ask him, Jim. What's it begin with? Or who sang it? Was it like Johnny Cash or Roseanne Carter? Or? I don't know. He's showing me Robert Redford, and I know he didn't sing it, but he's showing me the movie that it was in, and it was something with blue eyes but it, it okay we can look that up i could sing the tune but i can't you can't get the name it's okay well that's a question so jim did you put that in her mind or is that something that was in her mind that you tapped on it was not in her mind she listened to the music and knew that i danced to that music it was part of her dream. It was part of her dream, yeah, that he inserted into the dream. And what was the song about? Love. And the love. word blue was in it? It was a love song. It was country western. It was a love song. I don't So he's saying that he, that that's just a song that I used to see my parents dance to. Right. And so when I saw my dad... That's the first thing I did. I said I put my arms around him, and that's when I'm like, you feel his like, like I could smell him, feel his neck, and I remember just looking like it was just such a magical moment. Um, I'm gonna ask him a different question. I want to know what made me start crying. Like, what was it that made me? What was the trigger? To that's a good question. What was the trigger that made Jennifer start crying? You just told me how much he loved me okay well that's a good trigger and he did that in the dream and he did that in the dream so there. when he told me that, can yeah. is it possible to stop someone from leaving in a dream because i know that we're dialing our reality down or up or whatever it is and we lose like the way this cgi thing behind me disappears we lose the frequency and we lose the connection. Is there a way to prevent that or, or how do we deal with it? <laughs> he says, Jennifer is too smart. He's like, Jennifer's too smart for her own good. Um, 
it happens when you don't believe something. She believed that I was there. She could feel me. She could, she had all, she had like everything that was in her memory was extracted to create that moment. Like she could feel that I was there, but then she remembered. Then she remembered. So I guess what you're saying is if you don't remember, if you stop the memory process, you stay within the moment. It's a little bit like meditation. People talk about it, being here now, being in the moment. Very difficult to do because the monkey mind always starts throwing in fear, other stuff. So it's a good meditation. Now, and I just want to prove it. This is a good meditation. So, Jennifer, because we can, mm -hmm. go to the moment before you realized he wasn't on the planet where you're dancing with him. Okay? Can you feel that? And freeze it. Don't dance. No dancing. I'd say it that way to avoid the emotion that's about to jump in. So, it's a frozen photograph. It's you, your dad. Correct? Can you get mm -hmm. do that? Okay. What's he wearing? He's wearing his jeans, button-down shirt. Color? Blue. Blue shirt, light, dark? It's dark. I'm laughing. It's kind of the one I see Jesus in. Shocker. It's, a, it's in the closet. They've only got one. <laughs> they pull it out, put it on. Shoes. Right. Let's look at his shoes. It's his boots. That he wears. It's his boots. All this right. is why we do this because you can revisit any memory you've ever had, every any dream you've had, by freezing the frame and pulling it closer to you, and then observing. Is he wearing what color is his hair? Is this how he always appears to you? Or? Sorry. No. No, I didn't. It was it was almost like a blur. I knew it was him, but I didn't really wasn't paying attention. Because you were just having just, fun dancing. My hands were wrapped around him. But now I want you to freeze the frame. So what color is his hair? He doesn't have hair. He didn't have any. Didn't have any hair. Okay. He was bald. He had a he had a he had a cowboy he had a cowboy hat on. Color is a hat. It looked like a white cowboy hat. White white, white. hat. Okay. Big brim. White tan. A tan like a tan. The like tan, tan. Off white. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Low over his eye or back up forehead just a regular just just bloop down. on okay anything on the okay. hat band if you can look at it just look at that hat little feather like a, a feather. feather okay what color is the feather brown brown white at the end jim does this feather represent anything and if so what does it represent he said he just liked it very good Sometimes people will see something new, which is a new piece of information. Could be a watch, could be a turquoise necklace, something. Yeah. And it shows that it can't be cryptomnesia, which is, you know, remembering something. Because it's new. You've never seen it before. Right. But this outfit that he's got on, everything is what you've seen before. I think so, yeah. Okay, well, let's ask him, Jim. Is there anything yeah, I've seen it before. He showed me. What about this belt buckle? It's it's a silver belt buckle. Any figure on it? 
I want to say like a, I don't know, like a power, I don't know, like a, a, a bull. Ah, thank you. A bull. Let's just focus on this for a second, okay? Try to separate the fact that this is your father. Look at the buckle. Look very carefully at it. Is it a bull? Is it a guy riding a bull? Is it just a bull by itself? I feel like it's just a bull by itself. I'm going to ask it's him a question, like... and I want you to answer it without judging the answer. Jim, did you uh -huh. earn this buckle? Because he got it from a store, an antique store. Where? Some, like, store had it. I don't... In, Arizona, he's saying. In Arizona. Okay. Jim, are you aware that cowboys earn belt buckles? Yes, he is. Okay. So why did you choose this bull? Who was a bull in your life that you rode, that you conquered? You just showed me my mother. <laughs> okay. Can I? Jennifer's not aware that cowboys earn belt buckles. Are you? No. Okay. I worked in a movie called Cowboy Up. I know all about belt buckles. I didn't know that, but I, I remember seeing it on um, Yellowstone. Okay. And the, yeah, on the show Yellowstone. But a cowboy earns the buckle. And it, it, you get the buckle because you experience something difficult, riding a bull, riding a horse, getting bucked off, getting stomped, whatever it is. And when people buy one, and wear it proudly it's even if they don't know consciously why they're wearing it there's a symbolism to it yeah. and i just got him to say what it was yeah. um in one of in architecture of the afterlife there is a woman that i talked to who was very dubious about talking to her father on the flip side he was wearing a similar buckle something about a horse riding a horse blah 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 she had never seen it before have you ever seen this silver buckle I don't recall it seeing it because it felt like there was um sorry sorry table um it felt like there was like almost like a passive bull eating grass but I don't know yeah but what I'm saying is well like okay that's a characterization my point is you're not aware that bull buckles represent something neither was this woman and yeah. she saw it clearly and then we asked him why and he said something to the you know something about her and her relationship with him and that he earned it from having to deal with her okay yeah. all right very good jim is that it anything else you want to add yeah, he just went like that two three i love you i love you we made that pact too before he passed away when he was dying of pancreatic cancer I said, Dad, when I told him, you know, change the numbers because he died at 71 and I was born on July 1st, which is 7-1. 7-1, 7-1, 7-1. Yeah. And he said, he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, Jennifer, that's what we share, um, which Michelle actually, Michelle Adams maybe realized that later. But um, there's a point to this. Oh, I said to him, I'm like, what's going to be, your, what is it? How am I going to know it's you? What's our code? And that's what he said. He goes, I love you. That will be our code. Oh, very good. Yeah. So when you see him say and that, not, or. And right, and I'm not thinking it, and he just showed that to me. Very um, good. 
I just wish that dream could have lasted. It, like, it felt like it just, there wasn't enough time. And it just, I mean, I've never welled so loud in my life. It's an unusual thing. I know what you're talking about. It's that feeling of emotion beyond emotion. And it's so painful. And it's so wrenching. Um, I had the experience, but only during a past life review. I was there observing something had happened in a previous lifetime, and I felt that wailing. And I thought, gosh, if I'm making this up, why am I creating such a depressing memory? Because I've never felt that in this life. Anyway, so thank you, Jim. I'm going to turn our class over to Luana, as we always do. Lou, yep. who's on the plate? Hmm. She said that was very special when she came through. Wow. And then she just commented about my night last night. I'm like, thank you so much. Um, you already called someone in, two people in, she says. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, but only minutes ago, only just as we were getting started, I was like, who are we going to talk? Actually, I got a phone call. And somebody said, would you ask this person a question? And I thought, who am I to say no? So, okay. Lou, who wants to sit in first? The taller one. The taller one. Okay. Um, is it? It's the guy that was in Big Love. Was it that the guy? You mean Harry Dean? Harry Dean. Yeah. Okay. This is related to Harry Dean. Thank you. Okay. Harry you. Dean. We have a well. He was a mutual friend of Luana's who's crossed over yesterday. And you knew him. I'll tell you his first name. It's John. And Harry Dean, are you here to talk to John or help us talk to John? Yeah. Okay. Is John, did John not believe in the afterlife? Is that why Harry came Let's through? Let's find out. Let's find, Harry's <laughs> friend. You know, you know, here's the thing. I say we've invited somebody. Luana puts him in the chair and then puts in your mind who it's related to. Right. And Harry Dean, we've spoken to quite a bit, is related to this guy. They were friends, close friends, okay. etc. Okay. Whatever. And he died yesterday? Yesterday. It might have been yesterday. I don't know. I just heard it today. Okay. So I don't think you and I ever met, John. It's possible we did because you were close friends with Luana. Is that correct? You guys met once. We did. Okay. I wasn't sure. Was it at a dinner party or something? A boat. A boat. A boat what? <laughs> Just kidding. Canadian. <laughs> um, whatever. I don't recall us meeting in a boat. It's possible that you were there when we scattered the ashes for Ed Taylor. Is that it? No, I don't know. He showed me the guy that had the dog on the boat. Bob Shea. I, I don't know how we could have met through Bob Shea. But that aside, John, Luana, this is the same John, correct? This is the John that Harry Dean knew that you knew that we're friends with. Yeah. Okay, very good. Let's go to some specific questions. Yeah, it's not John Mellencamp. Well, no. <laughs> but, John, some specific questions. A friend who called me today asked if you have anything you want him to pass along to your girlfriend. That was the question. 
can I have the can I have the last name? Would I recognize him? You would not. Okay. Won't mean anything to you. Okay. Now you made me confused. I'm like, is it the right John? Well, if I met him on a boat, but he may know somebody on the boat that we're connected to. And that must, might be what he's saying. That there was, because I'm at. So what I saw you doing was playing the piano, and then I felt like you guys were at sea. Oh. That's why I was saying that. Okay. Well, it's possible. Well, let's allow me playing the piano in an event that Luana was at happened often. It might have been. Um, via our friend, any one of our friends, because I always play the piano. I got nothing else to do. I was like my mother that way. We would, we would um, do this thing where we would hide, and <laughs> I'd hide behind the piano at a party. You know, have some fun. So it's very possible that John heard me play at a at a party, and it could be that there's somebody on that that was on that boat that was related to us on some level. Let's just allow. But John, girlfriend, what do, what do you want our friend to say to your girlfriend, if anything? Tell her to stop looking for it. She's looking for a document. I'm not sure if it deals with the house. I don't know what it deals with. Whatever, you know, I feel like she's looking. feels like there's one that's out there, but there's another one. And she's looking for it. And I do feel like. It's an attorney, like, it's an attorney that has it, the, the attorney that was, not now, hold on. It's the attorney before the one they have now. Okay, John, let me be specific and clear. You and I don't know each other. We have a mutual friend who asked me if you want him to reach out to your girlfriend. Now, is yes. the answer yes? yes. yes. Please do. I can't tell him to tell her about specific documents, stuff like that. But just mention it to him. I'll mention it to him. And that was the question. I'm sorry. He was already going through with what he wanted to tell. What he wanted to say. That's okay. You know, some an attorney has it. The document exists, and they need to do more forensic research to find it, which they will hopefully. The attorney, the attorney before. The attorney before the attorney. So question for you, John. You were a screenwriter, and you wrote a movie with a friend of our friend Luana, and Luana was in the film. Do you want to show Jennifer who was else was in that film? People in our class. Well, not everybody, but there was at least one or two. There, okay, they're showing me somebody like Angelic, Angelica. Houston. Thank you. Okay, very good. Angelica Houston's boyfriend at the time she was in the film of course she's still on the planet but her boyfriend at the time starred in the film and co-wrote the film and Luana was in it yeah it's correct it's called going south going south so John typical question you froze sorry I froze didn't like that answer okay so John who was there to greet you when you crossed over he's saying it was like his whole family is the whole family over there? He was quite old. Yeah, well, I don't know this, but you don't know anything about him. I know. His whole family. That's great. He mentioned ninety-three. He mentioned ninety-three. You, you mean you wish you could have gotten to ninety-three, or maybe you were ninety-three but told everyone you were eighty-nine. It happens. Maybe. <laughs> Do you have any message for your old friend BJ? BJ, somebody that 
I'm aware you tried to reconcile with, but weren't able to. Any message for him? <laughs> that's funny because before you said that, he's like, there's nothing I can tell him that's going to make a difference. He already knows everything. That's that's, and Luana would say the same thing. Nothing funny. that I could tell him that would make a difference. Right. Okay. How about your brother, David? I'll miss him, but we're waiting for him. Very good. Anything you want to say to people about your journey or about, I mean, what we're doing here, if this is weird or what? It's weird, but he's getting used to it. Everybody in the class, Luana makes it less weird. He said the alter alternative is to have it so quiet that why would I, you know, why wouldn't we do this? They just told me it like being completely chilled off, like how we think we, the how we think we are, not having them on the other not side. Not having them, yeah, they're the yeah. same. What was it like for you to see Luana, and how did she appear to you? How old was she? We were all white. She was thirty-six, and she just took my hand and told me it's time to go. Very good. Time to go. I'm sorry, you said something else. We have class. We have class. <laughs> what a, okay, for people listening in, somebody shows up in white, takes your hand, and says, "We have class. Go. <laughs> we'll be waiting for you in our class." Thank you, John. If there's anything else that you need, you want me to pass a message along to. Wonderful life. Had a wonderful life. Oh my. I'm like, is there anything that you didn't do? And he said, I didn't climb Machu Picchu. Neither have I. Machu I have. Picchu. You have. All right. Well, then I have. Because <laughs> I'll just tap into your memory of that and go like, where, where am I doing up here? <laughs> Very good. Okay. Second person. Okay. No less important than the first. Name also begins with J. Lou, is our pal Jay available? Yeah. So let's put him in the chair. Okay. What do you want to say, Jay? Is it is he really named Jay? No. Is it Jeff Richards? Well, I, I don't know who that is. No, his name as we know it begins with the letter J. Got it. Okay. Do I know him? Yes, you do. You've met him a number of times. And the re let me, look, I don't want to be cagey. It's silly. Because we want to use Jennifer's greatest ability to answer questions without thinking about them. Mm -hmm. I have been working on a book about Jay Zeus, our pal. Oh, that Jay. That, that Jay. And last night I ran into a document i mean i ran into a video that i had shot maybe three or four years ago and i never transcribed it i i was like looking for it like i thought i transcribed this i just never did and it was me going to a meeting with jamie butler medium and getting to the meeting because someone had written to me and said jesus wants you to go to this meeting it was a weird email but i went and I mentioned it to her, and for about an hour, she channeled him. And all I can say is, what he had to say was so 
eloquent, elegant, and so jam-packed that here I was last night translating, you know, transcribing everything he said. And he had two specific things to say to me. One is, tell my story, but not the Catholic part, the spiritual part. And the second one was, I'll see you on the flip side. That was the last thing he said in this meeting. And I, you know, to think that Jamie Butler knows who I am and blah, blah, blah. No, I wrote the book. I, you know, I had never met her before. And here she was in a full hour of this weird, intense conversation. And the last thing she says is to look at me and say, I'll see you on the flip side. As if Jesus was saying it. So, Jesus, is, do you want to talk to us right now? Or you, I know you're busy, but. What would you like to say? I mean, I could ask you all the usual questions, but what's the point? I assumed it was probably important to bring you here. Do you want me to just ask questions? Okay. This idea that you were known as Isa in Asia, what was your name? Was it Isaiah? Was it Isa? Or was it Yeshua when you were growing up? Isaiah. Yeshua. Yeshua, and what was the other one? Yeshua, Isa, I-S-S-A, and Isaiah, E-S-I-A-H, let's just, you know, in spelling-wise. I found a reference to him as Isaiah in an old Bible from years ago, centuries ago. I keep saying it's Isa. Isa, okay. And that is how he was referred to in Asia and in quite a few texts. Um, so my next question is, what is it that you want people to know about your story and your journey without upsetting their current journey? If I'm seeing this right, he's saying, stop trying to cut and paste your life. Like taking parts, hold on, taking whatever parts you want to keep. He's, he's saying like, you know, people go, people go through, thank you. People are going through a difficult time, especially right now. And he's saying, instead of trying to cut and paste whatever parts you're dealing with, he says to um, continue to just bring through the good parts that you want to remember. Continue to bring, he's like, don't discount what you've been through. Know it's a, know it's going to be, an, it's, it will be a blessing because you have to get stronger whether it's a physical, like whether you've been sick and you got better or mental where you got better. He's like, that's the human body reacting to what your soul is going through. And let me make sure I'm getting this right. Stop bridging it. Thank you. Like he's showing me literally like cutting and pasting with tape in between, you know, mm -hmm. he's saying to, um, to stop trying, like, Believe the parts that no longer serve your highest good. And I like to say with ease and grace, try to remember that. Um, allow that to go back to the universe to soak up. Bring through your essence and do it in within the flow of the current versus still feeling like you're trying to climb a, you know, whatever it's called, mountain. Um, Mount Everest. Because, because you have that set based upon your past 
when you haven't even tried to see what you're you're capable of doing right now. Very good. And you distilled it into try not to cut and paste your life, meaning cut out the bad stuff. Own the bad stuff. The bad stuff is where own you it. learn lessons. Own it. Live, you know, own it. But for like two seconds, don't have it take you over for two years. There's a quote from Howard Schultz, our friend who had passed away, but I was looking at the footage that I shot of him, and at some point he's talking about a really dark previous lifetime. But when he gets back home in the session, he says, forget the darkness. Learn from the darkness, but then forget it. As if you experience difficult lifetimes because it's like being on stage. You play a difficult part. But once you get off stage, you don't own it. You don't walk around as that evil Othello or whatever, the Iago or the character. You sort of have become more developed because you've experienced it. Is that something? It's exactly it. <laughs> so what's up with this book, Jesus? And why are you having so many people bug me? What? Been asked to do it. Who did? You've been asked to do it. Oh, I've been at Who asked me? Well, didn't Netflix, didn't somebody ask you? Oh, yeah, somebody did. That's right. I know who asked me. No, but I mean, why? Look. You have different views of what has happened. And if that's another thing. If people bring in their past, they won't be able to see what you have to offer. If they keep on holding on really tight to what they grew up with. What they were told. But you're putting something on my shoulders. And I'm saying you. Of course you aren't. You know, people I am. People ready. And people after that will read it when they're ready. Okay. People will read it when they're ready. And people after that will read it when they're ready. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Jesus, turn to Luana. Lou? Why do you think it's important I work on this book? I can tell Jesus to turn to Luana. Yeah, turn, why not? He doesn't mind. And, you know, this is what is so unusual about this conversation. The idea that we can pretend, I can pretend, to access somebody who's been off the planet for a long time, but his higher self is always there, whether he's incarnated or not incarnated, and... He's come through consistently so many times through Jennifer, through other people, talking about his life and his journey in such a way that is contrary to the text, contrary to the religious text. So that's problematic. So I'm just commenting on the fact that you've asked me to do something incredibly problematic, which is tell an alternate story of your lifetime. And is that what you're telling me? It's not alternate if there's truth. <laughs> Ooh, you're good. <laughs> Were you an attorney in a past life? <laughs> Sorry, I'm making myself laugh. I can't make it up. I didn't come up with that. that was That's crazy. a good one. I like it. It can't be alternate if it's true. I like that. Mm -hmm. I wish I could put that under the subtitle. Okay. I don't want to blow people's minds. Um, Lou, did you have anybody on your list here? Jesus, you're always welcome, obviously, and I'm sure if you want to continue chatting, go ahead. Harry Dean's coming back. So okay, thank you. Go ahead, Harry Dean. 
elbow Jesus out of the chair. He's like, if you only knew. <laughs> the security up here is crazy when Jesus is around. Oh, is that right? Wow. <laughs> Still, I'm sure everybody's like, is that? Well, listen, let me ask you, Jesus, before you leave. How does everybody recognize you? I mean, I was looking at some paint, paintings, you know, for the artwork for the book. And you recognize him instantly. doesn't matter who's painting you. There's a picture of you. And then your brain goes, oh, that's Jesus. Well, how, how can we possibly know what you look like or who you are? Your heart has an encoding. Like it's an encoding, the same encoding that everybody has that's connected to him. The energy Brilliant. So if we saw you as darker colored, more of the region, less of the region, doesn't matter. Because the encoding is what's here. Am I pointing in the right direction? Is that... When you say our heart has the encoding, are you talking about our consciousness? Or are you just talking about the emotional consciousness? He's talking about our, con he's talking about all of it through all the lives that you've had, that there's been. A that makes sense. Situation. And I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and Harry Dean, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Harry Dean, what do you want to say? Okay. He says to write that book about Jesus. Um, because it'll help guys like me even if we didn't want to hear about it we still will read it so atheists like it would help it would help them because there'll be something out there that they can't you know hold on. they don't want to believe in the biblical terms of Jesus this will help atheists look at something differently if they haven't already. And even if they don't believe it, it's still going to percolate in their head. There's going to be some, it's going to resonate with some frequencies that you're going to bring into this book. That is a very fascinating comment from Harry Dean. And the audience might not know why. Harry Dean was a famous atheist and agnostic or critic about anything that had to do with the afterlife. And we've interviewed him numerous times um, after he passed and before his memorial service where he came through and gave us very specific private messages to bring to his memorial, which I did. But I asked him, what do you want me to say at your memorial? And he said, tell people to believe in the afterlife. And I said, Harry, no one's going to believe me that I talk to you. All your friends are atheists, skeptics. And he said, tell them to believe in the possibility of an afterlife, and then they won't waste another minute of their lives arguing about it like I did. It's a scientific way of looking at this information. Scientific in quotes. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm not going to be preaching the Catholic point of view. Just not going to happen. But I will speak from my point of view, my perspective, as best as I can with my jaded sense of humor about this information. So what Harry's saying is that 
this book, which is filled with this, could this be true? Well, let's look at the evidence. Let's look at this passage in the gospel. Is this the same, etc. So I, th I think that's a very unusual comic because Jennifer hasn't read it. She doesn't know what it's about. But it is exactly what Harry's saying. An, an atheist, a skeptic could read this book and say, maybe, it's possible that there not only is this other story, not alternate, thank you for correcting me, Jesus, but this story where we talk about why he chose to be on the planet and what that was about and what we can learn from it. Very strange. <laughs> well, why not? All right, Lou, Harry Dean, anybody? Do I still have you, Jennifer? Yes, you have me for a couple more minutes. Yay! Uh, I have my, hold on a second, I have my dad. Give me a second with that. Hi, Jim. And people that are religious have their own frequencies that are tethered to him. So, well, would they be offended, Jim? I mean, not predicting the no, future, but no. why he not? Says, he says that people that have turned away from religion, this is going to help them. And it might even bring them back to religion. It's interesting. I was transcribing this quote last night from him, and it was, people need to have faith. But then he said, but not in any religion and not in me, but faith in humanity. Because they come to the planet to learn lessons, to love each other, and eventually they come home. But while they're on the planet, they need to have faith in each other. It was such a profound thing to hear from somebody who I've never met before. Anyway, it'll be in the book, last chapter. We're supposed to love, right? Jesus was about love. If there's anything you could take away from anything, anywhere, is how loving and kind he was. Absolutely. He left this unbelievable message of love unconditionally. That's the message we've heard consistently. It's not something that exists on the planet. Because the pulpit, they preach love conditionally. Right. In social media, they preach conditional likes. He's talking about something else. Unconditional love. So what the heck does that mean? It can only mean open your heart to everybody. Right. And all things. Because everything is consciousness. Something like that. So, that's a nugget for everybody. Uh-oh, I see Jennifer's hands together. That means she's got to go on. All right, anything else? Lou, one last note for the crowd, for the skeptics out there? Well, my dad just said he'll see me again. Um, In wow. a dream, I hope. Not soon. Didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, hold on. It's said to be kind to yourself during these times. Not just love one another, love yourself for everything that you've done, from every, the fact that you made it in the womb, you know, that you 
came out into life, you were born into life, you loving, you know, loving, they showed me this little kid, being a little kid and growing up in this awkward stage of teens and then getting, you know, into adulthood, everything you've been through to get to this point, love, love, love yourself. That's beautiful. Love yourself unconditionally. And then you can love others unconditionally. Be grateful to breathe. I've been, recently I've seen a lot. I keep asking the question, you know, are people coming back? And I just get, there's waiting lists to come back to the planet, to feel what we have, to have what we have, to be with each other, you know. We are so lucky to be here. We chose to be here at this time for these purposes. And they just want us to live more. We have a we have a hard time living. We do. Hard time living. All right, on that note, we love you, Jennifer. We have to thank Harry Dean, John Shaner, Jesus, <laughs> Luana. Thanks for setting the table. Um, and anybody that you got on your list, I'm sorry we weren't able to get to you, uh, but we will. Bill Paxson, I know you're over there somewhere lurking around. Robin Williams, we haven't heard from you in a week or two, but still, we love you because we always quote you. Love, love. Love, love. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you.